following program may contain coarse language, suggestive dialogue, and discussion of violent imagery and sexual situations. It is intended for mature listeners who can tell the difference between facts and opinions. Welcome to another episode of the Toonami Faithful Podcast. I am your host, Sketch, and with me I have... Paul Pascrillo, the founder of ToonamiFaithful.com. And... Hey everyone, it's Velor GTZ. And... Your favorite demon cat, Happy Crow Kitty. We are joined here today to uh, talk about Demon Slayer, which is uh, something that we talked about quite a while back when it was currently airing on Toonami. And then we never got around to talking about the second half. <laughs> but we did have the Demon Slayer podcast going at the same time, so we certainly did talk about it, just not on this podcast. Yeah, the, the Demon Slayer podcast covered your guys' asses. You're welcome. Yeah, much appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> and we have some other shows that we still haven't gotten around to talking about, like... The second season of One Punch Man. And we're coming up on a year since that started airing. <laughs> yeah. It we're great at this. Fun. See, we talked about it. Yay. <laughs> exactly. We talked about it. But we will talk about it at length at another time. Well, at first, we have a bit of tsunami related news. The first of which, uh, schedule-related... Also, Demon Slayer related. Demon Slayer will be returning to the Toonami lineup this upcoming Saturday at the 3 a.m. time slot, replacing Samurai Jack. Rerun for a rerun. What's what's not the like? See, this is ironic that we're talking about it. Yeah, it is, isn't it? <laughs> it's a good show to have as a rerun, though. Um, it's It's got kind of that spooky feel, which is great for 3 a.m. And if you're you haven't been up watching Toonami and you're coming back from the one bar in your town that's open uh, after you've social distanced, of course, you can stay up and, you know, wind down from the drinks and watch some demon slaying. It's, it's, it's got a good vibe. It's good. It's a good 3 a.m. vibe, just like it's a good midnight vibe or a good, like, middle of the day vibe. It's one of those shows that sort of transcend that. And, and I, I think by replaying it they can build up for whatever happens in 2021 which we don't know <laughs> yeah and plus like uh compared to like a lot of other options like demon slayer hasn't rerun yet so at least it's like something slightly still fresh even though it's not necessarily like a new show i'm a little surprised that they didn't start rerunning it like immediately but they held off and probably for the best so now it does feel a bit more fresher than it would have. I mean, I don't think they would play it more than twice, but isn't, who knows? Uh, isn't Demon Slayer on uh, Funimation now? Yeah, it is. Is the dub on there now? Yeah, it is. Oh. I'm and, pretty sure it not is. All, not all Toonami fans have Funimation now, so. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's true. I actually, I'm not entirely sure if the dub actually is on there. 
I am checking right now. <laughs> oh, so you say it's on there, and then you, you retract. It seems a bit fast. Uh, they just finally out. got the first half of Alicization on Netflix and Hulu and Funimation. So... Netflix has definitely expanded a lot of its inventory to shows that have aired on Toonami. I've noticed recently, and and it's uh, that, I, th- I think that's interesting. I'm surprised that well, mm, I, I'm surprised the shows themselves wouldn't advertise themselves like on uh, during a Toonami commercial. Like like this is another instance where they're missing so much opportunity for advertising across the board. Not just advertising Toonami, but advertising shows that already aired so that, you know, you can sort of have this loop of, like, you know, patting each other on the back sort of thing. But I'm not a business person, so what the hell do I know? (laughs) No, they only have the Japanese version on Funimation, which they've always had ever since the simulcasted. So if you want to see the dub, you got to watch it on Toonami or buy the Blu-rays. Which isn't that bad, because like, at least those Blu-rays are actually not that expensive. If you buy the standard. Yeah, if you buy the standard. And if you're a person like CJ, there's no way you would s- just take the standard. you got to get the premium. I don't know why CJ bucks. did that. I mean, it's not the first Netflix thing he's bought, and it won't be the last. <laughs> His poor wallet. I, I cry for it. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. that's his fault. Let him let him die in all of his whatever. <laughs> Surrounded by piles of premium Blu-rays. <laughs> I like more bang for my buck when I buy anime. I like to get a lot of anime for not a lot of money. <laughs> and Anaplex pricing just doesn't fit into that. I still will root for the stream. I like having things you know, available on a digital level. I don't like having a physical copy, personally. Well, thank, thank God for Funimation. Yes. Wow. Well, yeah. Indeed. Yeah. And Crunchyroll and Crunchymation in general. Oh no no no! So, I mean, so I mean, many those, streaming services. I'm talking about like the the Blu-rays and well, it's basically Blu-ray DVD combo. But yeah, basically them putting out a different like Demon Slayer, a different. Let's see. What are some other ones that they did for Anaplex too? Is that the only one so far? Do they still do so those far. save copies? Yes, they do. Eventually, they they call them essentials now. Mm-hmm. Which is a little bit more uh, regal. <laughs> yeah, I think like the design of the save releases was kind of a turnoff. It was. You got that. Fatty green save logo. Yeah, <laughs> so but I was in college. And, and they have to make cheap, new new printings. Yeah. <laughs> but those things, man. Couldn't they have just slapped a sticker on the shrink wrap, really? <laughs> that probably would have saved money. It, yeah, because then the they irony. wouldn't have to print all new labels. But... Uh, there were various cost-cutting measures that went into those re-releases. Semantics. So, yeah. But it was a good way to buy a lot of cased clothes. <laughs> yep, all my cased clothes, DVDs, except for one set, are all safe editions. Oh, yeah, but they're finally, finally putting the early episodes on Crunchyroll. Finally. 
Yeah, now we just have like 700 episodes of Gap left. Yeah. Not much at all. Uh, they'll, they'll, they'll fill it in eventually, I'm sure. In like five years. Yeah. Yeah. So regarding other Toonami show announcements, we've recently heard that the final season of Attack on Titan will begin in December in Japan. Kind of interesting. That, that is such a weird date. Starting late in the year. It was really puzzling because it was announced that it would air this year. Like first they announced that it would it would air this year, and people were like, uh really? Because it doesn't seem to be in this fall season. <laughs> and then a few days later they announced it's gonna air in December. Like, oh, okay. Weird. Why not just wait till January? Uh I guess, like, whatever slot, like, they were getting just opened up then. I guess so. It's also in a different time slot than it was before. It's on Mondays. Now, I believe it was on uh, Saturdays previously. Yeah, something like that. I wonder what it's even replacing in Japan. But, hey, I guess, like, one month earlier than you'd usually get anime. So, it's Mm -hmm. not bad, right? I do wonder if it'll have like an odd number of episodes, like not a normal 10 to 13, maybe be more than 13, but less I than 22. I read that it's might, it might be the uh, finale of the series, so that might impact how many episodes they have. They might do like a weird number like 16 if they can't fit all of the content. Well, I mean, given how much content is left, they're probably going to need like... 26 something episodes at the very least mm-hmm. so uh. like and this is labeled as the final season so like i guess yeah. we'll really have to wait and see like it it's either mm. probably going to be like two core split core something like that mm. yeah this is this is one of those because of the complexity of all the the of, of the the show and I really think a replay of season three would be in order if they're able to do so. Because I mean, let's say they do release it at the end of the year, and then you know, pending whatever coronavirus shenanigans happen, they might need a, a month to three months to do the dub, and then to do editing, etc. So, estimating spring of 2021 for it to release, let's say optimistically, they would need to. to they they have plenty of time to re-air. Or uh, season three on Toonami if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be some other slots potentially opening up for reruns in the near future. Because they're just always on the hinge of running out of Black Clover. <laughs> and I can say that without fear because CJ's not here. <laughs> Every time we think they're going to catch up, Asta decides to sprint forward again. Because his magic is never giving up. Exactly. Well played, sir. Well played. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if I like your joke, Sketch. Well, can't win them all. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, on that topic, I thought maybe... Because here's the thing. Funimation can definitely dub a few episodes of that way sooner than they can dub a lot of episodes of that. So... Yeah, I mean Attack on Titan. Toonami might be able to do something weird like take off Super for a week and play like the premiere episode and then 
go on a holiday break and then actually not play more of it until Funimation's dubbed like that um, is, six episodes. No, that's so mean. No, no. Why would you do that? Oh, uh, I hate the holiday break shenanigans. I hate that. They did that. They did that not last year, but the year before. It was so upsetting. Well, it's so sketch. Are you saying like they'd air the episode, then like wait a bunch of weeks and then air the second episode? Or would they restart I'm, from the beginning again? I mean, yeah, probably from the beginning again. Like a preview showing of the first episode because they were... This is going with the line of thinking that maybe Funimation would be able to dub that first episode early because they'd get the material soon enough. But then... Being able to dub it week to week is probably not in the cards. So, I don't know. It's just about the only way that they would potentially let Toonami have the dub premiere. I mean... Because otherwise, I I think this is going to be the Attack on Titan season where they're just going to be behind the stream and that's just the way it is. Right. I mean, I, I would say... So when, when's Attack on Titan? The, when's the sub supposed to be out? That's the end of the year, right? December seventh. Yeah, that yeah. sounds right. I don't, I don't see them getting a lot of it dubbed before Christmas, honestly. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I mean, definitely not. I, I would, if I were Toonami, I kind of do what they did with, with what they're gonna do here with season two of Fire Force, and just be like, okay, we're gonna wait until, you know. We're going to wait until the first of the year, and then we'll have a couple episodes probably done by then. And, you know, depending on how, what the, you know, the pace is that the, that Funimation is dubbing these, the, the show at, um, we will, uh, we'll see what happens, you know? Like, I mean, I would rather them wait and have a bunch of episodes ready and then play it then be like one episode oh we don't have any more so we're gonna have to delay it and then play another episode oh we're gonna have to delay some more no i don't want no no i i don't want that either i was just thinking for like just a special event that they could i mean the season with like one maybe two episodes and then it wouldn't be able to air for months like two three months has that ever happened before uh, no, not, not with Tsunami, but I mean, lots of TV networks do that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I well, no, I thought you meant, I thought you meant like where they had a couple episodes and then stopped. I no, mean, no, I don't want, I don't want that My Hero Academia shenanigans. No, so no, 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 I don't want that again. Can like, I make an uh, observation sketch? I, I feel like that would feed into the whole we need our content now scenario, which oftentimes, you know, we remember we had that discussion with Celia where where uh, we were talking about the, the flaw in, in pushing for faster dubs. It compromises in the quality of the translation. And do we really want to have the dub out faster at the expense of having a really crappy and cheesy translation for some of the, the, the language because and especially with something as complex as Attack on Titan where all those nuances matter. I would rather personally, and I can't speak for anyone besides myself, I would rather wait and know it's let's say let's say optimistically it could come out in spring and then be pleasantly surprised when it comes out say February or early March. Yeah. Oh as as far as the dub itself goes like I was saying, 
it's not unusual for Funimation to be able to dub one or two episodes early before it even starts in Japan. So I'm pretty sure dub wise, it's going to air before the end of the year. But then they'll probably have to take a couple of weeks off on Funimation. Now, whether or not Toonami can do anything with that depends on what they want to do. But I just think it'd be interesting if they did something like a special preview of what's to come just as an event and then wait until they have a significant amount of episodes. Otherwise, they're just going to have it after Funimation and that's just the way it is because of the circumstances. Yeah, I mean, I think it'd be a cool idea to air the first episode early, like, if it's possible, but, like, I don't know. I think it might just be best to just wait it out. Because I, I, my fear is, like, okay, people will watch the episode and then just want more right away. Yeah. And that, then they'll just jump animation. That's what's gonna happen. Yeah, that's, that's what I said, yep. I mean, what I'd like to see... I mean, this is the perfect opportunity for Toonami to do movies. I mean, it's probably the best time to do it, because, I mean, you don't got really anything else going on. So, mm. I mean, you need to fill some time. You might as well see if you can make some, like, short-term deals for some movies, some anime It'd movies. be good if they yeah. could play that SAO movie, because there's content in the yeah. next season that is related to it. Exactly, yeah. Yep. And that's 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 the kind of thing that I hope they can make like some deals on. But we'll see. And they should also definitely play this Demon Slayer movie at some point, but that's not Maybe happening anytime no. soon. If they don't, people are going to be very confused if we ever get a season two. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, didn't they do a an, for there was an Attack on Titan movie? And then there was a, oh no, I'm doing it in reverse. They did a movie to summarize season one and then they had season one. So, so like, I feel like for season two though, if they didn't assume people would watch the film for continuity, they might do like a condensed episode or two, which is annoying, but the alternative would be they would need to make deals for places that stream it to have the film too, which is what I hope I'm hoping for. And for those of you who don't know, Supposedly, the Demon Slayer movie starts right after the end of season one. Yeah, like um, it looks like it's basically done at this point because it's supposed to air in a few weeks or screen in theaters in a few weeks, pretty yeah. soon. Like it's I'd say, pick. like if they don't like air or like find a way to like distribute or like air the movie on television in Japan, they're just gonna cut up the movie and make it into episodes of season two. Mm. Probably. I mean, that's always an option, and frankly, that'd be great. Theatrical quality animation on TV? <laughs> What's yeah, not to I like? Mean, technically, like, the first, like, five episodes of Demon Slayer were first released as a movie, so it's not unheard of for the series. I did not know that. Yeah, I mean, uh, I would love to see Toonami premiere some of this stuff, especially in the wake of, oh, I don't know, movie theaters closing. Um, but... You know, it's. I, I don't know what I don't know what Anaplex's appetite is at this point for doing something like that, and I don't know if they would make deals to to make that happen. I know Japan really likes things on TV, but are they going to do that for a movie? I don't know. Mm. So, but it would make hard, sense hard to, to me. Think. It would make sense to me, like just let Adult Swim play it, you know, and then 
you could throw it on Funimation now afterwards so people can watch it. And then, you know, then you don't really have to worry about it. Because, I mean, if it's not Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball Super, whatever, or um, now I'm thinking My Hero Academia is starting to gain that ground as well, these anime movies don't really do that well in theaters. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, why not in this time where, you know, it's very uncertain about these things that we just do it. You know what I mean? So, Absolutely. You know, mm-hmm. and, you know, it, it, it is what it is, you know. We just we just got to roll with it at this point. So, yeah, you know. you're right. I don't think I don't think anime films do as well in the U.S. as they do in Japan, just because it's it's not a thing that people go to see in the movie theaters as often. So oh. it would make sense if they want to if they want people to watch them to make deals with with stations like Toonami to to play them, and they know that not only would it be a great deal for Toonami because they would probably get increased viewership of people who would normally watch the movie if they advertise it correctly. Right. But also right. for the film itself, for people who might want to see it again or buy it, et cetera, or, or, you know, tune into what happens next in the series. And there's all, there's all these good reasons why it would be a sound business decision and, and, and great for us fans who just want to see this content. Cause I can't see it in theater. So show me, show me the anime, please. Well, <laughs> You know, it's one of those things where, um, and I'm not going to go too far down this rabbit hole because we'll be here all night, but... um, We're going pretty far down the rabbit hole. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, I mean, so the problem with anime movies, and this would would be the same thing with Demon Slayer if it caught fire, um, is the fact that when you have a movie like a Dragon Ball Super, for example, the last one that came out... um, what you need to do is you need to, to do what's known as a wide release. And when we say a wide release, that means it goes into every single theater, not just this limited, okay, we're going to put it in two theaters in a certain market. No. Put it in every single theater like a regular movie. Like, what was the last Dragon Ball Super movie did like over $60 million, right? Same thing with My Hero Academia. So if... A mo- if those are, are popular franchises that people are coming into the movie theaters for, why are they not distributed wide? Because I guarantee you if it was distributed wide, it would do way more than what Japan does. And it would probably be in the $100 million range. I mean, and especially if they brought in the, the IMAX component that they do with some of these movies over in Japan. Like, I just... At this point, I'm just kind of scratching my head why, why I always have to have this conversation every so often about the same thing about anime. Like, anime is another way for movie theaters to make money. Right now, obviously, with COVID, it's hard to do that, but, you know, it's just one of those things that just bugs me about, with myself working in the industry, that something like that isn't done. They'll do the Met Opera, but they won't, They won't. you know, put, you know, the Dragon Ball super wide in every single theater. I like the Met Opera. Well, <laughs> I'm not saying that it's. I'm not saying the Met Opera is bad, but you, you get my point. You know what I mean? Like they're doing that like at least once or twice a month, live when when it was playing. And I'll, I'll tell you something that actually sells out in the theater. Like I've, I, I'm not even kidding you. Like 
They had to at one point here in Rochester. They had to. Then why are you throwing shade, son? <laughs> <laughs> I'm throwing. Nobody shade. can afford opera tickets, so that's why it's so. Well, oh yeah, it's yeah. it's a yeah. lot of money. I mean, instead of you spending like a regular ticket price, you're spending like, I think twenty thirty dollars a ticket. So, I mean, you know, it, it it comes with one of those things that. You know, it comes with that little caveat of, oh, well, I have to pay more money. So, well, you put that in the perspective of anime then, Paul. How much does it cost to buy a film? About 20 to 30 bucks. And then you go and get a regular price movie ticket, 12 to 15. So you're yep. you're saving money by being able to show it widely in theater. But anyway, we've well, well, and, and that's yeah. And I mean, just to kind of button this up, I mean, that's, that's kind of the reason... That's kind of what theaters are saying right now in this COVID shutdown. I'm not going to go too far into it, but it's you know you're gonna you're gonna go and spend thirty dollars on Disney Plus to watch Mulan when if it was in theaters you could spend. I mean here in Rochester you probably spend ten dollars at the most on a on a Friday evening. You know what I mean? So it's like if you saw it alone. Well, yeah, but I mean even if you saw it with somebody else, that's twenty dollars. So you're still saving ten dollars. See what I'm saying? Some of uh, us don't have friends, Sketch. <laughs> you're always my friend. Why hey, you know, look, I'm not Uzaki over here shaming somebody for going to see a movie by themselves. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you keep talking about My Hero Academia, and uh, there is some My Hero Academia news. Yes, and that is that uh, the next season is coming in spring of 2021, which is the first we're hearing about whenever the next season would be coming. Which is good news. I thought we were going to have to wait till fall. Yeah, I mean, uh, spring's looking behind. Yeah. It looks like the first arc of the upcoming season involves Class A versus Class B. Oh, yes, that's a very fun arc. I feel like we already did this Class A versus Class B business. Sort of. It's going to be a little bit different this time. I, I think people will enjoy it. Very cool. Very. I just need more My Hero because I freaking love it. It's, it's so much fun. I watch it with my sister. It's our bonding moment and... And the characters are just really addictive. Plus, I have that poster of all the My Hero Academia characters as cats. So, of course. <laughs> of course. That's yes. adorable. Of course. Didn't I show you guys at the AX yeah. we all went to? Yeah. Uh-huh. It yeah. was very cute. It was very cute. Good news. Oh, yeah. Good, good news to hear. before it starts airing on Toonami? Oh, fall. Yeah, <laughs> at this point, Jesus. Well, you know, by then things might be going a little faster, so maybe. Wait, somewhere. wait, wait. Let me let me do this. Knock on wood. Yeah. yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. I mean, summer is a safe bet, I think, because I, yeah. I don't think they're going to try to air it right away after what happened. Uh, no. Um, the last season with all like the breaks, um, so they're definitely no. going to wait a little bit. They'll probably wait about eight episodes. Which, you know, it'll work. <laughs> but as for Funimation, I'm sure they will be dubbing it as fast as humanly possible. <laughs> Those poor that's audio how they engineers. Do. 
Yes, yeah, seriously. Oh man, I hope they're paying them well. <laughs> that is a heck of a lot of work. How do you feel like the fandom to the series has held up as as a long running series? I do mean, you think it's, it's just like a core group, or do you think it's maintained? You know, constant renewal of people interested in it, the way Naruto kind of did for a while. Um, I would I would say that it's it's becoming another Dragon Ball uh, kind of series. I think this is, and and I think it, it's not just because it's like Dragon Ball in the sense, but it's it's more or less like, you know. I think it's more of a Naruto fandom. Yeah, I mean, it, honestly, I mean, kids kids get into this, and and I think that helps this series a lot. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, I I don't know, I don't know that for sure at this point. Yeah, I so. mean, I guess like being the youngest one here, like just in like my own circles, like of people who don't even really watch anime on the regular. Like I've seen a surprising amount of people get into my hero, just like through osmosis and i think like it's definitely because of it's just a naturally appealing show but also kind of it has a lot of american influences because of like the whole uh superhero allegories and stuff like that in it so it has a very kind of like american friendly appeal there yeah. mm-hmm. hmm. interesting agreed so um isn't there something else that got announced too uh well uh, de- depending on who you are, you may or may not consider this good news. <laughs> okay. Tsunami is uh, making way for a special event. It was originally supposed to be on October 10th, this upcoming Saturday, but it got pushed to the following Saturday, October 17th. And that is, uh, in the midnight hour, a special first-ever live, uh, first performance of run the jewels for as a way to uh, kind of get people motivated to get out there and vote. This is definitely a DeMarco flex. <laughs> the man practically made run the jewels. I am, I am sure that this is a DeMarco flex. Mm-hmm. Probably. And, what this will do to Toonami is it won't chop off an hour, but it will push Toonami back for an hour, which is unfortunate, but they don't have that many premieres going on right now, so it's really it doesn't sting as much as it could have. It's just a little annoying, and I I, I can't even... Why, why couldn't they just put this at 11 o'clock? Just yeah. move the Fox shows up an hour. It might have something to do with them not having 8 p.m. right now. So they have a bit less space to work with. I mean, but for one night, they could have just ran two hours of Fox shows, play that at 11, and then Toonami as usual. It sounds pretty sus, Sketch. It does. It does sound pretty sus. Okay. I love Among Us. It's a very fun game. <laughs> Come play with us. You guys are obsessed. I wonder. I wonder if they weren't allowed to have it earlier. Maybe it's possible. I mean, being this as most likely a Demarco flex, it could be something like, "Yeah, you could do this, but you got to do it during tsunami time." Mm-hmm. Which, <laughs> I, it, 
I like Run the Jewels pretty well. I mean, I'm not a super fan of them, so I'll probably tune into this concert, but I can see how this would rub some people the wrong way. But don't worry, all your shows are still going to air. I mean, it's one week. They'll survive. Though I Hopefully. do have to say, why are they running all all the shows? They could easily take Black Clover off for a week. They could easily take Dragon Ball Super off for a week. They yep. could condense the lineup a little bit in a sensible way to save content. But they're not. They're just pushing everything later for one week. Seems like an odd choice. Especially, especially just playing a Black Clover when they could save one. But they're going to do what they're going to do, I guess. They must have their reasons. Well, that discussion aged like milk, because wouldn't you know it, not long after we recorded it, we found out that Toonami will be giving Black Clover one week off on October 17th, so they will be slightly condensing the lineup. On October 17th, at midnight, the Run the Jewels 4 presentation, Holy Kalamavote. That will run for an hour until Toonami begins proper at 1 a.m., with Dragon Ball Super at 1.30, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Golden Wind. This will be the penultimate episode of the season. At 2 a.m., Assassination Classroom. At 2.30, Fire Force, still in reruns. At 3 a.m., Naruto Shippuden. And at 3.30, the rerun of Demon Slayer. We also have the October 24th lineup, which shows things return to normal, with Dragon Ball Super at midnight, the final episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Golden Wind, at 12.30. Assassination Classroom, back at 1. Black Clover, back at 1.30. Presumably a new episode. At 2 a.m., Fire Force. At 2.30, Naruto Shippuden. And at 3 a.m., Demon Slayer. What we don't know is whether or not that 2 a.m. airing of Fire Force on October 24th is new or not. That should be the last rerun of Fire Force Season 1, but we have the prior premiere date of October 24th for Fire Force Season 2, which they announced some time ago. I personally think that that's going to be a rerun, but until they say otherwise, we can't really say for certain. As for when Fire Force Season 2 would premiere... Well, that would come down to either October 31st or possibly November 7th. I'm leaning towards November 7th because I think they will be having an October 31st marathon because that is actually Halloween. But then again, it's a weird year for obvious reasons, so I won't say for certain just yet, but we'll probably be talking about that in the next podcast. However, we do know that another show will be premiering on November 7th. Toonami will be airing the second season of Gemuseto, as in the second season of Gemuseto Machu Picchu, but this time it will be Gemuseto Death Beats, and apparently tennis is not significantly involved like it was in the first season. It seems like they're going for a musical theme this time around which is interesting, to say the least. All right, I know that various Toonami fans are not going to be thrilled about this, but I implore you, much like with Ballmasters, 
It's a very clever show, and the creator is clearly a seasoned anime fan that knows their stuff. So give it a chance. And I personally am excited that Adult Swim original content will be airing on Toonami as the premiere, and not just rerun scraps. But we'll definitely be talking about this at another podcast. So for now, I return you to the rest of this already recorded podcast. But hey, <laughs> if you were tuning in for Dragon Ball Super at midnight on uh, October 17th, now you'll know why it's not Dragon Ball Super. <laughs> but I am a little salty that the penultimate episode of this season of JoJo gets pushed an hour later. <laughs> but hey, that's still early for JoJo, isn't it? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> it spent a lot of time in the 2 a.m. hour. <clears throat> By the way, I, I don't understand why... So they're supposed, to, they're supposed to start Season 2 of Fire Force on the 24th, was it? That was the initial announcement. And if they're going to stick to that, there's a few ways that they could do it. They could cut off the rerun one episode before it finishes, which seems odd. They could double it up for one week, maybe in place of a Black Clover, which they should have just done. <laughs> and I guess those are really the, the only options. <laughs> well, so, so JoJo ends on the 24th, right? Yes. Okay, so jo I, I don't... JoJo ends on the 24th. I don't know why they just don't wait another week and then just throw Fire Force Season 2 into that time slot. I don't know either, but that might have changed. Yes, I, I think know. it's probably changed. I would hope so. I mean, that just sounds stupid. And some people are arguing with me. No, no, they're going to stick to it. It's like, but why? They don't need to. Exactly. Give Funimation another couple of weeks. <laughs> exactly. I mean, they got about eight episodes dubbed already, which will get them to the end of the year, but... They'll catch up eventually, so just give a little extra time. What's where's the harm in that? Yeah, I mean, there's no rush. I mean, they're already airing it this far, like later. Like it doesn't matter. The audience is going to be different. Yeah, the real question is whether or not that's going to replace JoJo as the premiere, or if they're going to have something else too. And we don't know. Well, it's probably Game of Sento Death Beats, but they might have something else as well. It's possible that Sword Art could start by then, but we don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would think that Sword Art's either going to be towards the end of the year or more than likely in January or February, like usually when it comes out for us for the dub. So, But there again, COVID, so <laughs> who the hell knows? <laughs> Well, if you're going by, because Sword Art was a summer show, so it it would be, the usual for Sword Art would be about three months. So they could potentially play it in October. But because of COVID, who knows? I really like that Assassination Classroom is on, and I hope that they don't demote it just so they can have both Fire Force and uh, SAO on as well. But if it does, that's not so bad. It'll it'll be fine at 1.30. Just, you know, 
You could just get rid of Dragon Ball Super and you'd have lots of room. <laughs> no, that's not going to happen. Sketch won't let it go. Nope. I won't. Nope. We're talking about Sketch here. Does he ever let anything go? That's a good I think point. he's still salty about losing um, his favorite pirate. <laughs> not to bring no. up a source. <laughs> no, I am not. I am not salty about that. Okay. Because objectively, there was like, sure, it would have been great if they kept One Piece on, but now bringing it back would be pointless. And continuing it from where it was, the pacing was just going to get worse. So I think they played a good chunk of it. And honestly, what we got was maybe the best they could have done. Because personally, I feel that the Water 7 arc is like top tier One Piece. So the fact that that was what aired on Toonami, I'm pretty happy about that. I did not mean to open that box a tangent. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, you did, so. <laughs> We've already gone so far off topic anyway. Yeah. Welcome to the but Tsunami Fear Podcast. <laughs> Seriously, people think that it gets under my skin when they bring up One Piece not being aired, but I'm not. I'm not mad about it. It's fine. They did what they could. One Piece just didn't work. That's the way it is. Doesn't remove my enjoyment of the series, and I can watch it at my own pace. So I'm just happy they're still dubbing it. Finally, getting that punk hazard arc. That was a bit of a irksome wait, I must say. But anyway, we're going to swing all the way back to Demon Slayer now. Oh, are we? Okay. And as a quick aside, there was recently an extra chapter released. Or is that, has that come out yet? I think yes, it has. Yes, that, that has. Uh-huh. So like, there's like, there's the extra chapter and then there's a side story that's coming out. Both of which are to promote the upcoming movie. Makes sense. So the, the the extra chapter came out like this past weekend, and that's mm-hmm. kind of just like focusing on like Rengoku, um, one of the Hashira that mm-hmm. has a very uh, prominent role in the movie. Ah, very good. And also related because we haven't talked about it in quite some time, uh, they. At one point, moved uh, Neverland's second season premiere to early 2021, and it will be in January. Just in case we didn't cover that at some point. (laughs) So, lots of potential shows for Toonami next year. Lots of potential sequels. (laughs) That's for darn sure. And uh, we'll we'll see how quickly things can happen. Who knows? The, the sequels are really good sign because it ensures longevity and it ensures continued fandom uh, watching. So I, I like that they have series that have second season. There's too many series that don't even make it that far. So it's 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 great to see that. It's great to see that story writing is improved and enriched so much that there's more content to be made into animation and and then subsequently to be aired on Toonami. So. That's mm-hmm. it's good even if the timing's all funky because this year and it might might have a lot of stuff next year, whatever happens, regardless, we have longevity and that's something we should all celebrate. 
It's better to excel at the long game. Tsunami's mm-hmm. mm-hmm. all about the long game. Okay. So, the second half of Demon Slayer. I mean, even more than the second half, because the last time we talked about this, they were uh, still fighting the Tamari Demon and the Arrow Demon. So, that is about mm, 14 episodes to talk about. (laughs) And we're not going to do it really extensively. We're just going to touch on some things and, you know, say what we liked, what we didn't like, that kind of thing. Just as a proper send-off. Far too late. And just in time for the show to come back. So, that being said, if you have not watched Demon Slayer and you want to watch it on Toonami at 3am or whenever you watch it after recording it, then maybe don't listen to the rest of this podcast. (laughs) Or come back to it many, many months later. Probably a good idea. So that's your spoiler warning. We're going to talk about things that happen in the second half of the season. And if you want to experience it firsthand on Toonami, then please don't listen to us talk about it. And don't listen to the Demon Slayer podcast. (laughs) Listen to it after you watch the episodes. Exactly. Yeah, we spoil basically everything on the Demon Slayer podcast. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Never watch a Demon Slayer podcast episode unless, like, you actually have watched or read what we're talking about. Otherwise, you're just going to have a bad time. Yeah, I definitely avoided all the manga episodes. (laughs) Yeah, those especially. Don't touch those unless you've read the manga. (laughs) Very bad idea. (laughs) So, the arcs that we are covering are uh, the mansion arc, where we're introduced to Zenitsu and... Uh, well, you know not introduced to Rude. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I guess that is the first time we see. It's not the first time we see Zenitsu. That that was back in the the uh, when Tanjiro became a demon slayer. Isn't the first time you see him fight? Right. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely the first time yeah. you see Zenitsu fight. Yeah. And alter ego super warrior self. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, because he got struck by lightning that one time. Because the Lord knows that normal Zenitsu can't do shit. <laughs> Except normal Zenitsu's like a dollar store in Roku. Yeah. <laughs> Please bury me so I don't die alone. God. <laughs> it, it, it's just really great that, that, uh, that Alex Lee is now voicing the terrible protagonist from Rented Girlfriend. Yeah, it's, it's like his new, uh... <laughs> his new, like, uh, kind of casting bubbles, like incels and simps. Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah, this is when we first uh, meet Yonosuke. Though it is implied that there was somebody else who completed the exam earlier. So, this is the first time we're seeing him popping up and the other arts we'll be talking about is the uh, the spiders the spider family and then the uh the lovely hashira meeting mm. 
and the training that followed. So starting with the mansion, I think we all got to get this out of the way. Hell yes, Steve Bloom. <laughs> Loved hearing Steve in this. Yeah, that Fantastic. really surprised me. I was like, oh, dang, Steve Bloom and Demon Slayer. Let's go. Let me just uh, let me just take a moment to to just be like, what? Why does Anaplex got to be mean to Steve Bloom twice? <laughs> you don't understand, Paul. He's a very busy man, so they can only give, get wait, him wait, wait, in wait, small wait. roles. I don't give him. I don't give a shit. You don't kill him in like two or three episodes. <laughs> they did that a lot last year. <laughs> Both Sao and and Demon Slayer. Oh, poor Steve Bloom. I mean, he's used to dying. You know, if Durrell was here, I would have him play tabs. <laughs> See, I'm getting back into the podcast mode. Come on, let's keep going. <laughs> yeah, but I just, uh, I love this. I mean, really, the magic words is union dub and Steve Bloom might appear. <laughs> so keep, keep making union dubs. So we can hear Steve more. That's nice. Yes, I just want more Steve. That's that's all that that's all we need to say. Keep continue. Absolutely. So in that arc they face off against a demon who is pounding drums and can make the mansion like change in all manner of ways, is move the rooms around and it's really really clever, I feel. The, you know what? the way that they implemented all of that. It sounds like Darrell when he's drunk. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> and this uh, also involves Tanjiro trying to save this uh, family of, uh, of kids that got involved in this because the was the old, oldest brother got trapped in the mansion, and the the two younger siblings went to look for help, and they find Tanjiro, and they... Well, Tanjiro helps. <laughs> but, boy, it isn't easy for him. He takes a beating in that mansion. After taking a beating against the other two demons, he's just, oh, broken ribs and stuff. Awful. <laughs> but they also meet Yonosuke, who's just such a charming individual right off the bat just obsessed with killing one of the demons there's actually two demons in that mansion but uh the just real real engaged in killing the demon and not really caring about anything else so eventually he crosses swords with tanjiro because of course <laughs> gotta have that moment where the two good guys have their clash just due to misunderstanding or lack of understanding so the one thing that really stuck out to me the first time I kind of like experienced this arc is just like how unique like Inosuke's design is like it just like pops at you and it kind of just like leaves this like a media impression that kind of just makes you want to just like see what he's about and that, that's what I really love about Demon Slayer is that it gives like all these supporting cast members such these like great unique qualities that kind of really kind of make them like feel kind of like a grander cast in a way beyond just like Tanjiro being like a good boy. And, and yeah. go ahead. Inosuke is fun because you cannot see his facial expressions because of his mask. 
And mm. so it, it, it makes you wonder more when he has these moments of silence, when he's not yelling and he's not beating his head against things and he's not rushing in, you know, what is he thinking? What is he doing? You're, you're intrigued by this character because while he like really puts off this vibe, like I'm all about the rah, rah, I'm going to fight demons, blah, blah, blah. You, you know, of course, no character can be that one dimensional. So he, he's a fun character to sort of explore. And I like how, how his development sort of unfolds, his determination being the primary factor as it is with Tundra, but in a very, very different way. Yeah, and, like, while Inosuke doesn't act subtle, like, a lot of his movements in the anime are subtle because, like you said, like, you don't see his face. So, like, you can see the tiny movements of his mask and then just kind of his body gestures. And, like, even despite all that, you still get so much emotion conveyed from Inosuke, which is, like, really cool. Good animation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's more to... uh you know, body language than just the face. And then you find out what he looks like under the mask. <laughs> so sweet. He's so sweet. Yeah, he really reminds me of Inuyasha. <laughs> like when Inuyasha has black hair. Oh my gosh. Inuyasha's so cute with his black hair. <clears throat> I really hope that we hear some Inuyasha in the new series, but that's going off to that's going off on another direction. Keep going. Oh, apparently the first episode of Yashihime has a whole lot of Inuyasha in this. Yeah, I mean the first yeah. episode of Yashihime is literally an adaption of the uh epilogue of Inuyasha that came out years later. So Ooh. it has like Inuyasha and Kagome and everyone you mm. love. Sweet. I, I just I just hope that we get this we get to hear him. Also I have de- I have devilish plans, but that, let's not go there. But well, wait a minute, you know, devilish plans. You know, you know how the how Inuyasha relates to Demon Slayer. Me, me and V Lord made this joke one time, where if Tanjiro was around and he saw Inuyasha, he would have to kill him because he's a demon. Tanjiro wouldn't kill Inuyasha because he's too much of a sympathetic demon. Yeah, I mean, speaking of Inuyasha, though, there's honestly quite a few comparisons you can make to Inuyasha's structure. Early on, mm-hmm. and Demon Slayer, mm-hmm. just yeah. from how like it will always have this central. Go somewhere, like, slay a demon. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And they always but have the like some sort of gimmick. Builds. The story builds. Dime Storm Moroku's the there for the ride. Yeah. <laughs> characters, characters uh, develop and relationships form, but the same antagonist is there the whole time. Yeah, I can definitely see the the parallel to the, the Inuyasha style of storytelling. You know. I, I do wonder, and this is just me thinking off off the top of my head, but I do wonder if if Tanjiro could wield the um, the Tensaiga because of. <laughs> I mean, I mean, look at I mean, look at their swords. I mean, it's kind Ooh. of the same thing, except the th- the sword doesn't transform. Man. Isn't the whole point of the Tensaiga though that it can only be wielded by like a half human, half like demon? Um, there, I swear it wasn't. Then Nezuko sister. can do it. Yeah, Nezuko can. And she can give, have some. I Nezuko love her. I sword. love Nezuko. Yeah. She's the best. Wait. It so wasn't. Didn't Kagome. Wasn't Kagome able to use it? Not like use it, use it, but like. 
So like you can hold it, I think, but like it won't transform into like its true. Oh, form. that's right. That's right. She could she could actually hold the sword. But it's just a regular sword if you don't meet the qualifications. Yeah, that's part of why Sashomaru was like uh, mad at Inuyasha because he wanted the sword. <laughs> well, the demon demons can't possess, can't touch the sword, but humans can apparently. Yeah, exactly. So, well, yeah, that's why he had to make himself a different hand so he could actually hold it. Well, I'll say this: one thing that Inuyasha had going for it that Demon Slayer doesn't is that there weren't any characters that were so incredibly annoying is to grate me in the extreme. Denny to really? Shippo's pretty annoying. Character. No, no, I, I've never felt graded the way I do with Zenny to like, uh, and, and the mansion art really focuses in on how much his shrieking and screaming can like dominate an episode. <laughs> Honestly, there were parts He's where like hiding just... behind a kid. God. <laughs> So I I enjoy Zenitsu as a character by the end of the series, but re-watching Demon Slayer, like, you can really tell that the early parts of his character are very rough, and I definitely agree, like, he's super annoying in the yeah. mansion. He's very I annoying. Tried. I really, really tried, because, you know, I'm, I'm always willing to give a character, like, for other quirks, a second chance, and I love Black Clover, but, man, Asa doesn't hold a candle to the level of yelling that Zenitsu does. And it's not just yelling, it's, like, shriek whining. And this doesn't take away from the voice actor's uh, ability at all. I think that voice actor must be really incredible, like, a lot of vocal exercises. But, damn. He's very good at shrieking. He's so good at shrieking. It's not his fault. He didn't write the character, but oh my god, that character is the most annoying in the series to me. <laughs> I, I just can't get past it, and I'm so I I really can't. I no, had, but like, I had to but see. honestly, like I think what helps assuage it for me a little bit is the voice, though, because like Alex Lage does such a good job with Zenitsu that like I kind of forget a lot of my problems with the character. I think. Mm. If he had, by the time they'd gotten to the arc with the Hashira, where they, where he's healing from his, from the last arc's battle, which you'll, you'll get to briefly soon, sorry. If, if they had gotten there and he was, like, doing the whole thing where he's taking the medicine and everything, but he's even shrieking about the medicine not tasting bad. And at that point, I was just done with him. Like, oh my gosh, you need to get better or else you're never going to be able to do anything again. Just take the freaking medicine and shut up like the rest of us do whenever we have to take medicine. You could have been a spider. Uh, uh, well, it's just too much for me. It, it, it's not the shrieking per se. It's his attitude that bothers me too. Well, his attitude is pretty crappy. I, mm -hmm. I, I think I think what they were trying to do, and maybe V-Lord can either say I'm, I'm wrong or whatever, but um, I think what they were trying to do was like distract you, like, okay, this guy is just out there. That's all he is. He's out there, whatever. So you don't, mm -hmm. you, you, you don't think anything of him. You're like, okay, so this guy got lucky to be a demon slayer. So that's what you're basically just saying. Okay. Um, and then, you know, in the mansion there, all of a sudden when he just like just knocks himself out, and all of a sudden, just out of nowhere, just uses, like, 
uses that move and you're just like sitting there like okay what the hell was that again it was awesome yeah and you're just like wait a minute wait a minute what just happened here it doesn't quite make up for his characterization up to that point but it does catch you off guard it does and i think that's effective like fake out in a way yes i I think like i i I kind of wish like it was handled a bit better though. Where like yeah. you can make Zenitsu kind of a scaredy catter, like just afraid, but like you could turn down how much of like an unlikable wimp he is. Yeah, I mean when he's yes. winning a contest against Usopp for how scared he is all the time. <laughs> oh, definitely. I I I would say he would beat Usopp out. Because at least Usopp contributes somewhat. That's right. He always contributes, regardless of how scared he is in any situation. That's why Usopp is the man. Well, and and I think (laughs) I do think that's why you 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 see him and like so so obviously we're going to talk about them going into the forest there. Um, like when we get to there, we see. You know, he now steps we, up a bit. yeah, he steps up. You start to see, okay, this kid, you know, is there's something to this kid. There's something that we need to keep an eye on because this this dude's gonna be powerful. And I mean, you could probably say that the same thing about uh, Tanjiro. You know, up to Tanjiro, up to this point, Tanjiro really hasn't. I mean, yes, he's been he's been good at what he's what he does, but. Like, we haven't seen him just, like, outright, like, just use some powerful move. And then when you get into the forest and he's fighting that one demon, um, like, then you you see, like, okay, Tanjiro's serious now. Okay. Yeah. Now we're going. Tanjiro's a great character because he's is not particularly talented more than anyone else, but he's really tenacious. And... His tenacity makes him such a fun character to watch. I love the training montages they have. I've always loved training montages in general, but for him, and they're not boring because you see him get incrementally stronger and you see him get incrementally better in battle too. So his his is such a great character to watch develop. And, you know, if if we go back all the way to when he was first training, like you kind of now you're now starting to see as we progress to the the end of season one, you just see how Tanjiro has gone from surprising everybody to now just like, wow, this is natural for this kid. All the while, uh, Johnny Onbosch's character there is just sitting back going, yeah, that, that's, that's why I said train him. Duh. <laughs> what is his name again? Because there's so many names in these series. Gyu? Gyu, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just, it's it's just, it's great because it's like, Gyu won't ever admit to it, but it's just like, you know in the back of his mind, he's like, see, he's I'm a badass. I was he, right. He was a badass. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I think like going back to kind of like Inosuke and Zenitsu, like within like the mansion though, it's kind of ties back into like what we're saying about Gyu too, is that like there's these first impressions of these characters and then there's who they really are. Yeah. And I think what Demon Slayer does really good at is kind of doling out that kind of full picture of each character. 
Because, yeah, obviously Zenitsu comes off as very, like, unlikable at first. But by the time you get to, like, the Spider Mountain, you start to realize, okay, this is why he's like this. He's not just this, like, screaming object all the time. There's subtleties to him. Right. I um, felt like he participated in that whole, the, the, the Mount, what is it, Nomaguno? I, th- I feel Nakagubo? like the reason he... Natagumo, sorry. Yes, Mount Natagumo. I feel like his participation, though, was more because he was too afraid to be left behind than anything. So even though, yeah, like, I believe that this trainer saw something in him, I just haven't seen it yet. Aside from his alter ego, who's clearly a badass, we haven't seen enough, but it's fun to watch for the 50 seconds you can get of it. Yeah, that's a fair assessment. Yeah, like, I would say it's that not, too. No, not everyone's going to get sold on Zenitsu right away, and I think that's yeah. completely fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, Zenitsu's probably best moments are nowhere in these episodes. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, and then it's still early on. And then there's obviously the other, the, you know, Bryce's character there. Um, the best character, Inosuke. Um, Inosuke. I mean, Inosuke, we haven't really even seen him, like, blossom yet, so to speak, because, oh, you know. Oh, yeah. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's going to be interesting to see. And I know we're kind of jumping around a little bit here. I mean, that's kind of what we do when we do these rundowns. But, um, you know, I, I kind of, in, in Inosuke's case, you know, it was kind of, it was interesting to see him go from, I can do anything. I'm better than you. I'm strong to being defeated and just be like, I- I'm not, I'm, I'm not doing anything. Being humbled. Right. Oh he, boy. He, humbled. he got humbled big time. Yes, he did. And, and then to like, finally Tanjiro, like <laughs> just all of a sudden, finally, you know, getting both of them out of their, their slump there and them learning the same thing that Tanjiro learned like it, it's just so it's it's just interesting to see like this dynamic of the three so mm-hmm. i mean going into the movie it's just going to be very interesting to kind of see all three of these characters interact um the one scene that that stood out to me from this second part of season one was um where all the hashira did i say that right hashira, yeah, hashira. Okay. Mm-hmm. um all the Hashira were assembled, and um, that one Hashira was like, "Well, we need to kill her." The obviously um, Tanjiro's sister there. We're gonna kill her because she's a demon, and she's gonna she's gonna do what every other demon does and kill everybody. And Kaiji Tang always playing the tough guy. So, you know, basically, they're 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 like, "No, she's not going to do that." But you're more than welcome to test her. And then he tests her, and she's like, no, I'm not doing this. I don't want your blood. Sonomy. Right? Yep, sonomy. He, he, you know, my, my thought on the Hashira, I, I, I found the Hashira, especially Sonomy and Obanai, really unlikable because they follow this trope of the top-tier fighter characters in an anime being very indifferent being so powerful that they don't care that they're, you know, mean to anyone below them. And first of all, I never liked that trope to begin with. But here's an instance where you would think 
a situation they'd want to learn more and you only have obviously one of them shinobu is is interested and she she makes makes herself known saying i want to hear a story but he comes off almost as cruel sanami does and obanai does they they come off as cruel and it makes them so unlikable that it 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 turns me off to any potential character development they might have do they have a backstory that they they're so indiscriminately hating demons i don't know i don't really probably. care because yeah i, I have uh, i have uh, answers to that yeah but but <laughs> but, but they but they come across so unlikable and it's like that all powerful character. I don't give a fuck. I can do what I want. I'm going to kill them in so much that they go and disrespect their own master to prove their own point. And it, it, it was, it was just an, I really didn't like watching that. It made me kind of angry. You know, I get that they're like, Oh, this guy has his own pet demon. You know, maybe that's what they're, they, they were thinking, but they didn't even give it a chance. They didn't even hear it out. So I didn't like it. Yeah, yeah, so all I'll really say on this matter, because, like, basically all the Hashira have, like, their own kind of, like, deep backstories. But you'll notice each one of them has their own different sense of what they view as justice and how that relates to demons. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of unifies them all despite that, though, is that they all respect their leader, like, Ubayashiki. And, like, you'll notice, like, even in that interaction... Once Ubayashiki, like, starts, like, kind of actually riling them up and telling them, hey, I'm here, you have to listen to me, they all kind of stop. And that that's kind of, like, the established hierarchy there. Yeah, people like Sanami kind of are loose cannons, but even people like him will respect their leader. It, did he? Because he, he, he demonstrated quite a bit of disrespect by pulling... Um, uh, pulling a um, Nezuko. Ne- Nezuko into the shade and then after stabbing her repeatedly and then trying to provoke her into eating him after he just straight up said no we need to trust Tanjiro so I felt like he was disrespectful A and B yes you know you know because you've read the, the manga you know later on about some background of the characters but first impressions make a lot of impact and my first impression is I don't like this character oh yeah, yeah like I think the intention there is that you're not supposed to like him though so then they succeeded <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah like like Sonami at this point yeah he, he's he's a jerk like I remember I think maybe was... he should pull the stick out a eh, Sodomy Nice. Oh god. Oh. Nicely done, sketch. Nice. Oh, sketch. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was interesting because he both was like you're disrespecting the master and then he kind of disrespected the master as well. Lovely hypocrisy. Mhm. <laughs> but all right. But the two best Hashira other than obviously Shinobu. Uh is uh, uh, Crispin Freeman's character. <laughs> Yome? Yeah, Yome. <laughs> oh, what a poor, unfortunate soul. <laughs> and the eternal fangirl who just fangirls about everybody. Meets three. Yeah, meets three. He's yeah. so handsome. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see her fight. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm sure she has an interesting fighting style. Mm, I don't want to know. <laughs> so yeah, we skip right to the Hashiras, but we really got to talk about this spider family. Yeah. Where Whoa. the show that is all about the importance of family bond kind of takes that, that idea and twists it in such an awful way that you just know that Tanjiro's got to teach this kid what real family is about. But man, lots of good fights, lots of disturbing imagery. Yeah, Rui is like the the epitome of abusive insert family member here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Well, how about the fact that he takes he takes it's not even his real family he takes no he takes like literal children and then forces them to be the adults yep yeah and he like infuses like uh his blood into them which is this whole painful process and like i really love that they added like uh a proper kind of like flashback where they kind of show all that because that wasn't there in the manga like him like having this kind of faux family that was like a lot larger and it just shows like how fragmented his like views on family actually are Mm -hmm. and that makes it like the perfect conflict against Tanjiro who had like a proper kind of family and he still has that like bond with Nezuko but you know speaking of that I mean this is another one of those touching moments where Tanjiro you know kind of honored him and put him to sleep, so to speak. Um, and just made him feel like a human being again. And, you know, that's kind of the, 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 the one thing that I like about the show is you, is how Tanjiro is able to do that and kind of like make these demons out to be not just these horrible people, but they're actually they were actually human beings at once and we should take pity because they weren't always like this and they probably had a tragic story that mm-hmm. got them to this point and i and that that's kind of why i like how Tan, you know tanjiro um, handles these situations so there's a great yeah. sense of like empathy yeah um, mm-hmm. and something exactly. like you don't see in a lot of i think uh, shonen action titles, especially no. not shonen jump ones. Like you don't see I, no empathy in Inuyasha. <laughs> oh hell no! <laughs> not you, you kind of do with Naraku. Yeah, with like certain characters, but like the demons of the week, nah. Yeah, I mean l- less so there. <laughs> I, I mean of the week. <laughs> I mean Inuyasha is good. Don't get me wrong, but the way that Demon Slayer weaves that idea into the series is a lot better than a lot of the shows that are out there. And it hits the heartstrings in, a, in the perfect way. You know, One that, might argue it's manipulative. Well, Tondril's <laughs> um, trying to redeem these demons the same way he's, he's trying to redeem his sister. I think if he thinks exactly. that he can find yes. some humanity in their deaths that he has more hope for finding humanity in his sister again. So and it's frankly, it would be mess. hypocrisy on his part to think that only Nezuko can be redeemed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, right. the way I see it, I don't really see it as like redemption though. I see it as kind of just 
fulfillment, like letting them go to rest, ending yes. kind of their suffering. Ending their suffering, ending, ending, ending their, their pain, yes. ending finding anything. their humanity again. Yeah, because exactly. like despite like all like the flashbacks and stuff that they give in Demon Slayer, I never really feel like okay, all these demons' crimes are just forgiven. They're they're good people now. It's like no, no, they, they no, 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 no. They committed crimes. They killed people, but there was a reason for them to go down this path. Like it's something that I haven't really seen from a series since like shaman king and it's very much the same vein where like every character has a reason for being who they are there's no just like okay you're just evil for the sake of being evil or good for the sake of being good there's a justification behind it and that's what i really kind of love like in like a story like giving me a reason for why these characters are acting the way they are mm-hmm. well you know i i think also you know, you have to kind of see these demons, you know, it, it, it's it's kind of like how we're telling the backstory of a lot of these characters other than the demons. And then you kind of get to see a little bit of the backstory of the demons and you see like, OK, so this demon became a demon because of this, you know. This demon became a demon because of this. And, you know, some of it's because of tragedy. And, you know, I think that just kind of relates to, you know, it relates to life and the fact that, you know, people get put into the get put into positions that turn them into a bad person. And we have to just kind of remember that even if somebody's bad, they weren't always like that. And we have to kind of relate. And that's how they kind of relate it to these demons is, yeah, they, they are bad. And yes, we're not going to, we're not going to, you know, forgive them for what they've done, but it's kind of like the priest when you go into confessional, you know, you're confessing your sin and by confessing your sins, you're being relieved of them. And that's what Tanjiro is doing at their last moment is relieving them of their sins so they can move on to the, the afterlife. The the mother of the spider demon, her character probably is a great example of that. I mean, yeah. she she clearly at the very end when she sees her doom, like she she wants to be given peace. She's such an interesting character because she's the one that you know they show in her backstory, like her being so afraid of Rui that that you know when when they come, she she's afraid to fail him, and when she knows she's going to fail she finally admits fully her feelings of never wanting to be in this place to begin with and willing right. to, to right. be a sacrifice and find her own uh, peace. So I I thought that, that the mother-spider family part of the, the, the episodes was was one of my favorites. Um, the rest of them were just brutal, man. Oof. Yeah, I mean, like, it felt like she was just like, just kill me. Just get it over with now. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I was, you know, she was just like, she I don't want to deal with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't want to deal with this. Yeah. I, I just want to, you know, I, I just want to be done with this life because this is just horrible what I'm going through. Um, also, what a sense. great opportunity for Inosuke to highlight, like, his 
special ability. That was really cool to see him do that. I wonder what else he can unlock, but what other that, abilities he's going to unlock. Oh, yeah, the whole, like, sensory scene where, like, they kind of do, like, spiritual the... awareness. Yeah. 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 That was so cool. I love how they animated that, where it's kind of, like, they switch to that CG quick landscape, and then it zooms in on the mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. there There's so many good shots like that in the show. Like, huge props to Yupa Table, because, like, it takes such a... Uh, such like an effort to really like make these mundane moments of the series just like really like flashy and cool. Mm. Great animation, excellent. I, I I was very impressed with the style and the level of animation through the whole series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the animation was definitely good. I I I, I have no complaints whatsoever about that. Especially all. in episode nineteen. Yes. Ah, uh, yes, the episode yes. that broke the internet. Yep. It broke it twice. <laughs> it did. It did, didn't it? It did break it twice. So, you know, I, I mean, it's it's a very good series. And, I, and I'm and i I'm glad that we got to experience it on Toonami because it should be experienced on Toonami in my view. But everything I say, every show I think that's good should be on Toonami. So whatever. Absolutely. All the good shows should be on Toonami. Give us Jujutsu Kaisen. <laughs> Says the guy that does a podcast for every single show. Anyways. Hmm. V-Lord. D- Demon Slayer, it, I would give it A plus for um, the animation. I would give it a B plus, A minus for storytelling. Definitely an A for fight choreography. Um, and, and character development, i give it a B. I think the part that I would like to see them do better do and for the film is the writing. Um, you, you get the idea across, obviously, but some of them, like what they're trying to convey, it just it just costs a little and easy with the writing. I like the first time and quality as far as the animation goes with them them doing the script. That's what I'm hoping for next series. Mm. Mm. I felt like honestly the weakest part of the second half of the season as kind of the wind down. And I was after after they have the conflict with the with the Hashira, then you just kinda of get some training stuff and kind of mm-hmm. building up to what comes next. And I don't know, probably also because I didn't particularly like the Hashira for the most part. Yep. And then just everything winding down after that. There were little things here and there that I appreciated, like Tanjiro improving day to day, things like uh, Inosuke just being absolutely broken and humbled after all that he'd been through in the previous battles, and you know little things here and there. And also, Yo, like, the whole rehabilitation uh, like, oh, this, near the end. The rehabilitation is, is so hard, and then Zenitsu's like. You get to hang out with cute girls all day, and you think that's hard? <laughs> like, Uh-oh. the whole rehabilitation near the end is really kind of, I think, the biggest stain on this season, mainly because, like, it's a bit of a more kind of dull note to end off on, because it's building up towards, like, bigger things, which are in the movie, but, like, you don't get that payoff there. And, like, it's clear that the anime tries to do its best to kind of 
put in some kind of exciting moments, like really kind of uh, animating out um, a lot of the training scenes in really like well-directed ways. And that one scene where Muzan just massacres a bunch of his like lower moons. But outside of those moments, like there isn't a lot to latch on to. And if you don't know what's coming up, then I feel like it definitely kind of makes your investment wane a little bit. Mm-hmm. So part of me would argue that maybe they should have capped it off a little bit sooner and maybe started the training stuff into the next season. But because they had plans for the the movie, I guess they really couldn't have done that. I mean, honestly, they if they really wanted to, they probably could have adapted everything up to the end of the mountain in like 13 episodes. Because mm-hmm. like, they were going roughly like two chapters an episode, which is kind of like average for like a Shonen Jump adapta- adaptation at this point. But like, I don't know. Like, I don't think it has to be that slow. The and spiders really seem to go on a little out. bit long. Those flashbacks yeah. were very lengthy. So yeah, I would agree that if they, if in hindsight, they could have cut some of that then they could have squeezed in the next arc that's going to be the film and end on a on an action note. So Yeah, and I think because it's so well produced, you don't notice that at times, but like, not a lot happens per episode. No. It's, it's kind of a slow burn in that way, which is unfortunate, but I, mm. I think like for what it is, it's a good season, but I think that final few episodes is kind of where uh, if people lose interest, I don't blame them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just unfortunately loses some points for that. And I also felt like uh, in the first half of the season, like the the first episode's very solid, but then I feel like the ones directly after, even though I do enjoy a good training montage, it's just a little dull. So things don't really ramp up until about the fourth or fifth episode, which is a bit unfortunate when you're watching it once a week. But overall, I I think if you get through that or, and I would hope that you would at least appreciate parts of that. Like I do love the rapport between Tanjiro and, uh, Oh, what's, what's the name of the old man? (laughs) Urokodaki. Yeah. Urokodaki. Yeah, and wonderfully, wonderfully performed by Brooke Chalmers. Just fantastic. I, I, I did. I, I have, sorry, go on. Yeah, I did. I did enjoy some of that stuff. And the fact that you saw him kind of understanding Tanjiro's situation and being a good guide, but not holding his hand at all. Want to be a really part letting of something Tanjiro big- figure things out for himself. So in that training, definitely the moment where I felt like, oh, I'm really getting into this show was when he finally sliced the boulder. Yeah. And then the characters reveal themselves to be ghosts. That was uh, that was pretty awesome, I have to say. I really liked that a lot. I I also think that um, Rudoke or Rudoke I can't speak tonight. Um, the water hashira, his the Kanjiro's master. We'll just go with that. 
he volunteers them to commit suicide if um, Tanjiro's sister ends up harming any human. And it's not a small thing. Like, they say it, and you're just thinking, oh, that'll never happen because this is anime, and of course all the good characters will run out in the end. But it's quite serious that all three of these characters are willing to stake their lives on such a camp. It's, it, I have to say that weighed, that weighed pretty heavily with me. You, you hear it twice in the series, so I, 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 I thought that that exemplified not just his confidence, but his commitment to his students. Him, mm-hmm. interesting character. Yeah, totally agreed. Oh. And I do want to mention this also about Nezuko. Uh, I, I really wish that we had gotten more really good moments with Nezuko in this first season, particularly in the second half. But I mean, what happens in the spider fight is so good that it kind of brings everything up a level. Uh, I mean, like upon reflection, like through the course of the series, like Nezuko, I feel kind of goes through like I clump of sorts where it's like she doesn't do much then she does a lot then she doesn't do much again and Mm -hmm. i really feel like she could have been incorporated a bit more actively into the story especially like um before like the actual spider mountain because yeah that scene is really good but i don't know like i think this is a retrospective thing where it's kind of like yeah, it would have been good if she did more in the mansion. Like she... She's so cute. She is really cute. I love her. I want more mm-hmm. Nezuko. More, 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 please. All the Nezuko. All the Nezuko that you can fit in a tiny box. I'll take yeah. 50 oh, Nezukos, please. <laughs> I like because... that you start hearing a voice to her, too. She She speaks. Yeah, and uh, at that moment, she finds her voice again. Because, like, the spirit of her mother calls out and says, you have to help Tanjiro. Yep. Like, oh! Oh, you're getting me! My emotions! One of the few times Abby Trot doesn't have to just do, like, grunts and growls. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which she's very good at, but... Yeah, it's so funny, too, because, uh... Her uh, Japanese seiyu, she's like in a lead role right now in one of the animes this season. It's so weird hearing Nezuko talking full sentences. <laughs> that that is, is true. This? That's uh, you're you're talking about Tonikawa. Yes, the, the best rom com. That should be the title of the podcast: Nezuko speaking full sentences. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. But I feel like <laughs> Sorry. for a while there, Nezuko was just kind of hanging around and every now and then somebody would try to attack her. And it was kind of annoying that that's all that was happening with Well, now with that her. you said that, that's all I can think about. Gosh. Yeah, it's like Nezuko gets attacked, Nezuko does something cute, the cycle repeats. <laughs> More cute. More cute. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes she does something cute when she's being attacked. The best combination. All right, exactly. Can I 
can I just say thus the, the the level of terror I feel for these characters is real because they are so incredibly outclassed by majority of the fights they get into. I am hoping you every art especially in the spider mountain one i was really hoping for a Dusex machina like when the hasharek stepped in i was like oh thank god you guys couldn't handle this i'm really sorry you were way out <laughs> like tanjiro does like his cool thing and then brew is like oh you thought it was gonna kill me oh, like, oh yeah. no <laughs> that, that seems like really good because like yeah it's built up as like oh the tanjiro's hinokami kagura is gonna like one shot Rui. Everyone's gonna be safe. But nah, Rui's still kind of okay afterwards. Like, Giyu has to come in and save them. And it shows how much more Tanjiro still has to grow. And the power gap between, like, even Muzan's minions and Muzan himself. And yet, when he's <laughs> with the Hashira, and he's talking to the Masters, I'm going to defeat Muzan! <laughs> oh. Well, I mean, we weren't really expecting that of you, but maybe set your sights a little lower for now. Also <laughs> a freaking terrifying character, Kibutsuji. Oh my gosh, that's another really scary outclass demon. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's learn like 50 new abilities before we get to that point. Yeah, I'm seriously. curious, like, what did you guys think of him getting introduced so early into the series? I think that was a good choice. Good choice. I, huh. I I prefer that over like there being this mystery mm-hmm. about yeah. Plus, you get you get to see like what he's up to, like the kind of life that he's trying to live, and then you also get to see how he manipulates various people to do his bidding, which it I think sense. works. Yeah. It it makes him less of a mystery and more of a guy you really want to kill. <laughs> yeah, like for me, like I think it helps the series have like a clear goal in mind. Cause like after like the first arc, kind of like the big concern I feel is like, okay, is this just gonna be demon of the week for like a super long time? But once Muzan's actually there, you can kind of see things kind of tie themselves neatly together and like you actually can at least see like an increment of like okay Tanjiro's getting closer to his goal mm-hmm. he, I agree. he's actually very terrifying because when he's introduced you don't quite know what he is he's he's presenting as this normal person living a normal life with a family uh unbeknownst to everybody around him and 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 then again when you see him later as in this body of this female and slaughtering his own um, lower ranking uh, uh, demons, it's it, there's an element of mystery that's there just enough because you don't know what his actual form is. You don't know what his deal is. You, you're, you're still wondering about the mystery, but you have just enough to go on to be legitimately terrified of him. And he's, he's a scary dude. He's like a good villain proper villain that's just enough mysterious enough revealed and and enough uh, um brutal to to make for a proper anime villain in my opinion yeah what i think makes muzan work so well too is like beyond just being mysterious is that you can see the seeds of what 
his true intentions and kind of history are there. Like you'll notice there are key like keywords and phrases that really tick him off in interactions and kind of like fuel his murderous intent. And like, I guess for, for me, knowing what happens with Muzan's character later, it's kind of cool that the anime really goes all in and building it up. Yeah. I'll go. I'm still here. Oh. I think we should get to closing thoughts. Well, let's see. Since I decided to kind of just let everybody else talk. Um... <laughs> Uh, you know, I thought that the second half of Demon Slayer was good. I mean, obviously, episode 19 basically makes it for the whole second part of the season. But, um, you know, I don't know if we talked about this because I was... I don't think we were talking about... We talked about the fact that um, there's only one demon, like, one demon left now. That's serving the master. Did we talk about that? So, slight correction there. There's one demon in the lower ranks. Lower ranks, that's right, right, right. No, you're right. There's still the upper ranks, which are still fully filled. Yeah, I don't know if we talked about that, but I I just... Muzan was just like, you know, you're all way too weak, so... (laughs) You're all fired. (laughs) We're starting over. Here's I, your severance pay. I just life. love like how like he just Here's your severance pay. It's a severed limb. Well played, sir. Well played. And they just like basically slaughtered everybody. So, uh-huh. um, and then and, that sets up for the next for the movie. Oh, well, you really? That's a it's an interesting character who remains. Yeah. Like he he said they, they said the like the one thing that was probably the appropriate answer. Yeah. <laughs> when in doubt, keep the masochist alive. Yeah. Apparently. Um, Is it weird that you were kind of rooting for one of them to survive, or was that just me? It was just me, right? Sorry. I just wanted to see moves on Slaughter, everyone. <laughs> I, I was just—I was, just, was just very confused that all of a sudden, like now, Muzan's a girl, and I'm like, um, wait, what just happened? I'm so confused. By the way, you have a—you have a wife and a, a son. So, wait, I'm so confused. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it's obviously it's it's. The series ends where it sets up for the movie, and now obviously we're going to get the movie here in a couple months, probably you know a little bit longer in here. I mean, we're going to see it obviously in Japan. It's going to have it out this month, but it's going to be a couple months before we see it here in the United States, but um, at least dub wise. And um, you know, I'm I'm very happy with Demon Slayer. I thought it was a really good series. Um, you know, it's it, it had its moments, and to be honest with you, it really didn't have too many of those moments where I was like, uh, I think I can step away from this for an episode or two. Like, there, I've been, you know, Black Clover has, in the beginning there, has, has an issue, but, you know... It's kind of funny because that turns people off in the whole series, and then they find out that after that it's like really good, and they're like, 
wait a minute, what do you mean? <laughs> so, like, to have a series like Demon Slayer just have you throughout the whole series, that to me is good. Um, it didn't go. It didn't go as far as Parasite or um, Promise Neverland in my book, but it's still a really good series, you know. And I and I, I give, I give you know Anaplex everything for bringing the series uh, to life, and I'm hoping that they'll have another season of it. I, I can't see why they wouldn't, but. Who knows when this when that'll ever happen with COVID going on? So, mm-hmm. I mean, considering it's outselling One Piece in Japan for two years yes. straight, I feel yes. like it We've would be a bad choice not to. We've had this conversation before. I swear. Yes. I mean, I just mm-hmm. I, I don't. When a series is doing that in Japan, I mean, guys, if, if it's doing that in Japan, first of all, we know there's going to be an amusement amusement park at some point. Because that always happens in fucking Japan. <laughs> Uh, back on Titan and well and then all of a sudden amusement park fucking one piece yeah. is is still up there amusement park i mean gundam does well over there but not so well anymore over here but it look it, they have their own gundams up i mean come on i mean demon slayer's next obviously and you know it's uh, you know i think this this is this is this could be a series that if they do it right you know, could go on for a while because I mean, the manga has ended, but there's a lot of material there they can mine for a while. Mm. So, you know, yeah, like this is something I've been thinking about lately, and like I don't think we'll necessarily ever see like a Demon Slayer sequel or anything, but there's so many side stories and spinoffs you could do with it. Oh yeah, I this mean, is like this is the like fact a... that the series like eat. It outsold One Piece in a single year at its peak. It outsold the Marine Ford year of One Piece. Like, the fact that it's become that big of a phenomenon in Japan is kind of insane that, like, not doing more with it seems like a mistake. Mm Mm-hmm. Hard to believe that they would just leave it at that. Well, they have some great characters to build off of. You know, you have... Tanjiro, Zenitsu, and Iosuke, who were so different, but all bound together by what I view as determination. Their determination takes different forms, but they're all very determined characters. And that's something that we as viewers can can really grasp as as an entertainment and and as an entertainment venue, but also because of their they make for great protagonists so we want to see what happens next to them and we want to see what happens next for uh, Tanjiro's sister for Nezuko she his devotion to her is incredibly appealing as a character art and we want to see that come to a satisfying conclusion so regardless I I'm really excited to see what happens next with the series I think that the animation as I said is excellent yeah. choreography is excellent scripting could use some work Zenitsu I could take or leave his character to um, you just won't let um, that, that just but, stand I, I get it yeah but 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 there's but that doesn't that, the, the best part is he's annoying as he is and he is one of the most annoying anime characters I've ever encountered he's not putting me off the entire series so that just speaks to how, how much work they put into this to make this a quality series so 
I agree with you, Lord, that they could, and, and with Sketch, that they could up, change the pacing a little bit. So hopefully they'll do that. I mean, I would say the, the pacing in this series actually isn't, is is not as bad as what I've seen in some other series. I mean, if we're talking... Oh, it's it's definitely not bad. Oh, no, 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 no not at not all. Bad. Not at all. And I'll be honest with you, like, if you want to look at bad, since we keep relating back to Inuyasha, Inuyasha Final Act, now that was some bad fucking pacing. Yeah, but I that mean, was even in the Even the original direction. Inuyasha had bad pacing. It was just the opposite of Final Act. Final No, the regular season, I think... Final Act was just no. like... A million well, miles an hour. Like yeah, exactly. Final act was a sprint, but the original was a crawl. One piece yes. is the king of bad pacing, okay? If you're going to talk about bad pacing, I'm sorry, Sketch, and I love One Piece, but that really takes the cake when it comes to bad pacing. Well, that's Toei's <laughs> bad planning. <laughs> I'm trying to think there's... Toei, Toei just fluffs out everything. Like, a chapter, an episode, really? <laughs> Sometimes yeah. less than a chapter. That's that's insane. I mean, the the first the first um, the first season of Sword Art Online was very very. I mean, once you figured out that there was more to the the manga and there should have been more info. Oh dang! Have we actually talked about that on the podcast that there's going to be progressive? Um. Yeah. I think we did the last episode we recorded. I'm not sure, but yeah, I mean, there's an. Well, now we're mentioning it. Oh yeah, yeah, no, we did, we did talk about it. So if you like Dinecrad and you felt like it was way too short, we got good news for you. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) and I progressive. I mean, I. I, Be less rapey. Probably. Well, I mean, I'm asking an important question. The Dinecrad part of Sao wasn't rapey. Yeah. That's true. That is true. You're right. You're right. Um, but I just, I, I just want to see Kirito and um, what's her name. I just want to see that story. Not him and Asuna, but um, Sachi. Sachi. Yeah. I just want to see that story. That's Kirito's first love. Yes. Yes. I, I, I don't know how long. Like me and me and Alex von David will go on forever talking about that. Like I just. I, I really just want to see the dub of that. And... It was kind of BS. Every now and then, like, the memory of s- some dead character is brought up in SAO. Like, every now and then, Yuki shows up as a spirit that only Asuna can see or something. Kirito never never sees Sachi. Never happens. <laughs> you know, I'm kind Why? of... It's I, weird. I, I was kind of, like, expecting something like something interesting to come out where like some of these characters weren't really dead and like all Ooh, of a sudden they showed back that would up. be a twist wouldn't it like all of a sudden she shows back up like and then Kirito's like yeah so asana i i i, I can't be with you anymore <laughs> i can't handle no, the drama no. no. sao zombies asana is the love of kirito's life what were you Paul, why are you trying to make this into a soap opera any more than it already is? Why would you do that? Do you really, do you really want me to go there? Because you don't want me to go no. there. You don't want me to go there. We'll be here for another hour. Remember oh when this podcast was about? Let me just let me just say this the whole time. 
let me just say this to you, okay? Like the way that that Kirito reacts in that no, one episode. No, this is the guy who's going to be alive the whole time. Would be like uh, that guy who died in that first raid mission in Kirito's arms. It's like it's I. I've been alive this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! Oh, uh, so I, no, I but, died in your arms, man. <laughs> but, but a lot all, of people have died in my arms. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> I mean, in, in all seriousness, like that—that that one moment in that in the series where he was just like, you know, where he had gone and got the the um, the item that revives them, but it only revives them within what was it like? 10 seconds of them being dead or something. Wow, what a useless item. Yeah, it was a very useless item. It was really stupid, but... Um, like He fought Santa Claus for it. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> um, but, like, you know, then he gets the message from her that she recorded in case she died. And that just was just like... That was just like, that ripped me. Like, I was, my soul was dead at that point. That's why I gave. That's why I gave season one such a really good score because that that season was just. Other than that last like sprint of that episode where you're like, wait a minute, what do you mean this guy is the last guy? Um, which is why I'm glad Progressive is coming. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's. It, I just want to see that story because that. Oh, well, we're that only thing, on floor seventy. We already found the final boss. Yeah, Oops. exactly. I mean, and that's, I kind of just want to see, like, what, how that affected Kirito more. I want to see, I want to see more of how that affected Kirito, but I also want to see that relationship. Because I think that kind of defines what you saw, how he was with Asuna. Because he was kind of a little off-standish at first. And then, you know. His heart had grown cold. Exactly. And it's, I think it's important for a story to kind of define that so that you can kind of under, you can kind of see how the character hmm. develops. And, I don't know if you really get much expansion on Kirito before Asuna in Progressive, but From maybe. what I understand, it basically starts, like, after Kirito became a loner. Well... Maybe there'll be flashbacks. It. I want to yeah. see, but I cannot handle any more of the soap opera drama. It just takes away from how cool I thought the series was when it came out. So I don't know. I like. I wanted to kind of go back a little bit to find back. Well, progressive is just them being stuck in the game trying to beat it. Yeah, yeah. that's what I want to see. More of the good game. stuff. But I mean, I mean, like it, it, it did give kind of like a hilarious kind of thing to build on because I mean, here it is, is this super serious game where if you die, you actually die. And, you know, you had to, haven't been as high since. Right. And you, you kind of, you kind of had to throw in some, some like funny, like you had to throw in some things where people were going to take it out of context and be like, Oh, I'm gonna put this up on the internet, <laughs> like kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. you know, it is. It, I I liked it, you know, and I and I'm, and I'm I'm just glad that progressive is coming. But I mean, you know, I am too. Aren't we all a bunch of tangents, Rose? Yes, we are. Nice. Tangents, Rose sounds like a nickname that 
Inosuke would give to Tanji. Probably <laughs> definitely is. Probably. <laughs> you see that shit, Tanjitaro? <laughs> well, yeah. I, I have to say this was a lot of fun to, to, to watch and discuss. And when I went into it, I didn't really care because I was just indifferent. And I know V Lord was like, oh, this is a great series. You're going to love it. And I thought, yeah, yeah, whatever. I'll watch it because it's on Toonami. <laughs> and then, yeah, it, it was a slow build, but it built up really well. And I started to care, even before I realized I cared about the characters, I cared about the characters um, within the first few episodes, you know, even when I was still thinking, oh, whatever, I'm just watching this so I can talk about it on Toonami Faithful. But then I, halfway through, I suddenly realized I needed to know what happened. I needed to see the progression. So it's got a slow burn that magnetizes you to it. And I, I like that. And I'm really excited for next season. Wait, wait, wait. Did you say progressive? Progresses. Not... Oh, well, whatever. Sort of. <laughs> SEO on the brain. Yes, we're I not, do. We're not going back over there. Oh, okay. Yeah, My, I, I, mean... I had kind of similar feelings to what Kuro experienced in that I, I was initially interested in it, like when it was simulcasting. And I, I saw like, one episode, and I thought, this is going to get dubbed at some point. So I'd put off watching it, and then it got announced for Toonami. I was like, okay, I'll definitely wait for Toonami then. And I watched the first couple of episodes, I want to see maybe the first three episodes, and then uh, due to circumstances, I fell off for a while, and I didn't catch up until they got about to episode 10 on Toonami, and then I was like, oh, dang. I really want to know what happens next. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And then, you know, my appreciation for it grew from there. But I, everybody talks about how episode 19 was like a huge deal. And then I saw episode 19. I was like, yeah, that was good. But I'm I'm not really blown away by it. I was blown away by it. I mean, it's like one really well animated scene. Yeah, I honestly felt that the like the emotional stuff leading up to that was more interesting, like hearing about Tanjiro's father. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, don't get me wrong; it looked nice, but I don't know if it was necessarily even the nicest animated thing in the show. Maybe, but definitely not the most amazing thing Ufotable has ever done. But... Oh, oh no, not by a long shot. If you <laughs> no. want bad, you have to look at the Heavens Feel films. There, there's some crazy stuff in there. Them fate movies, man. Yeah. But uh, I mean, for, like for me, like, obviously, I've been with Demon Slayer since the very beginning of the manga. It's so, like four plus years at this point. I mean, you and started even... a podcast, so. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, and like, but even back then, though, like, this was he, he starts podcasts for things he's not even that interested in. That's true. That <laughs> I is mean, fucking true. Do I? I mean, maybe. Do, I mean, you do have a podcast for every single anime series you like, so. I mean, I like have two active ones at this point. Mm-hmm. So give it time. Give uh, it time. Fair you enough. saying active makes me want to make a bad joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anyways, I love your pun sketch. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, it's too painful. 
like cool. even back when like Demon Slayer was in its infancy, I thought it would be the perfect series for Tanami. And I'm glad like all these years later it happened and it has had such a great reception and people have given it a chance because that's all I can really ask. Like people gave it a chance, people loved it, and it was successful. That's that's the dream for any fan. So I got what I wanted. It, it, whether you enjoyed it or you didn't, I'm just happy people watched it. Mm. It's always nice when you have that moment where you, you discover something early on and you think, oh, if this becomes an anime, it'd be so good on Toonami. And it gets there. And you're like, yes, this is magical that this has happened. And you do it in a deep voice. That's right. Yeah, then you just start screaming, <laughs> I was right. I was right. Yes. I mean, I feel like we've all had those shows where we're like, this would be really good on Toonami. And then it gets announced for Toonami. It's like, you see? That, mm-hmm. <laughs> know what I was talking about. That's how you that do was the, For me, that was like Megalobox. The moment I saw Megalobox, I was like, oh, put it on Toonami. Yeah, like I felt that way about Megalobox too, but I didn't know if like Tanami would necessarily get it. No, it was a long shot. <laughs> it was it yeah. was definitely a long shot until Viz licensed it, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, this is happening. <laughs> yeah, well, once Viz played ball, then like, uh, yeah. uh, that's when we were in the zone. Now mm-hmm. you make me want to watch it again. And you should. Yeah, you gotta get yourself hyped up for season. It's two. it's on like everything now. It's on Netflix. Wait, it's on there's Hulu. There's a season two. Yeah, there, there's a season there two coming. There is a season two coming. Yes, there I'm is. I'm not sure how that works because I honestly yeah. feel like they wrapped it up pretty well. Where's also, yeah. remember how yeah. I said, like, how Ashita no Joe is split into two parts? Mm hmm. It's from the basic premise of season two, it sounds like they're taking influence from that second part, which is a lot darker. I wonder what they're going to do with that story, though. I feel like, it's just like Sketch said, they wrapped it up pretty well. I was satisfied. Yeah, but there's still a lot of uh, ideas they can explore. Certainly. All right. I mean, I appreciate those endings that are, like, they feel conclusive enough, but life goes on. Just because the show ends doesn't mean these characters don't go on living. So, there's always another story to tell. Whether or not that story is good is left to be determined. (laughs) Way to be philosophical, Sketch. (laughs) Yeah. Nice. All right. Yeah. So Slayer was a good time, and if you didn't see it the first time, you get a second chance. Yes. Starting this Saturday. Oh, hopefully this podcast will be out by then. Well, at least we recorded one. Yeah. <laughs> After, we're so sorry about not recording a podcast for two weeks. I was busy, Paul was busy, and then other things came up, and we just couldn't coordinate anything. Yeah, 2020 I mean, lately has been wonderful. It could be worse. We could not talk about One Punch Man Season 2 for over a year. <laughs> Sorry. What is the excuse for that, even? We haven't had that much to talk about. <laughs> Excuses, it's not good. We just, oh. <laughs> Look, it's, Stitch, it's... Don't you have, like, a bloopers reel of us, like, after an episode talking about One Punch Man Season 2? We just throw that in the end of one of these episodes. <laughs> that should suffice. No, we're going to talk about it for real because there are things that are worth talking about. Okay. Are there? Are there really? Okay. 
Sure, the story hey. does interesting things. Hey, v okay. why don't you why don't you start a One Punch Man podcast? <laughs> yeah, no, no, not not touching that. That's not happening. One Punch Man two. One year one, later. <laughs> one Punch Man season one was another one that was like, oh man, this has to be on Toonami. And then it was on Toonami, and it was great, and it did amazing. It beat DBZ, which is amazing. And then we waited a long time for season two, and we're let down. <laughs> More sketch was let down. It sounds like but, us talking about One Punch Man sketch. Yeah, it does. But we we're not talking any details, which is the yeah. Difference. Let's just let's just get out of here before this happens on a tangent again. <laughs> no more tangenteros. Oh god! You guys are good at this. We are. We are. It's 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 Sketch's fault. Paul, well, I mean, you are just as guilty. No, as the no, I'm never guilty. No, no, I'm not. Way to filibuster about the state of the film industry. <laughs> The theater. Hey, there's our tsunami anyway. filibuster. Yeah, exactly. I think Paul invented the tsunami filibuster, not Kuro. He did. I'm <laughs> sending you the certificate in the mail. I, I keep thinking that. So. It's a, who who invented the tsunami filibuster is between either Paul or Alex von David. <laughs> Alex. I von think David. Alex von David invented yeah. the tsunami <laughs> TED Talk. <laughs> yeah. Probably. I mean, because yeah. we all just sit there and listen. Exactly. I mean, I mean, he's the one that has the longest podcast, so I mean, without a doubt. Oh my god! I, I last time I was just like, what? Just what just happened? <laughs> I love I love when Sketch says to me, five four hour podcast, and I'm looking at my phone, going, is he smoking something? <laughs> I never am. And I'm like, and he's like, no, no, this is this is true. And I'm like, mm, I'm gonna ask you again. Were you smoking something? Oh my god. Yeah. Yep. Paul, okay. just just, he just start to start the, the wrap up. Hey, I'm not the one doing the tangents here. Anyways, um, so yeah, you can uh, hear our podcast. You can follow our podcast on Twitter. At Tsunami Podcast. You can like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Tsunami Faithful Podcast. You can email us podcast at tsunamifaithful.com. I'm sure you're getting the, the idea right now. Um, you can also listen to all of our podcasts and get where get all the apps where the podcast can be played. Uh, podcast.tunamifaithful.com. That is the website for the podcast. Every single episode and interview is there as far as I know. So um you can go there and listen to all of that, especially if you're a new listener and you're just tuning in recently. Um, but as far as apps go, the main ones we want you to listen to are Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and, of course, uh, our SoundCloud page, soundcloud.com slash Podcast. All the episodes that are on SoundCloud are also on podcast.tsunamifaithful.com but if you just want to go to SoundCloud and listen to them from episode 1 all the way through to this one, please be my guest you can do it either way and um, that's how you can hear all of our podcasts um, and then obviously we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash tsunamifaithful uh, if you guys can donate please do that as well um, it just goes to help fund the, the website and the podcast and Dear God, I need money. Anyways, um, and uh, yeah, that's that's about 
it. So um, let's get on out of here. Uh, Curl, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Happy Kuro Kitty and occasionally on Instagram, the same tag. Uh, and also, I, I write occasionally for the Tanami Faithful website, so please check my articles. Love to hear your thoughts and comments. Uh, your input is always welcome and critical. I take it. But I encourage happy internet go. And uh, V-Lord, where can they find you, sir? Um, yeah, people can find me on Twitter at VLORGTZ. I also write for Tanami Faithful, as well as I write manga reviews for all-comic.com. So check out my writing on both of those. I'm also starting to stream on Twitch a little bit, because I got a new PC and a capture card. So nice. if you're interested in watching me fail at playing games, uh, check me out on twitch.tv slash GTZ. I'm very interested in that. <laughs> I also too. host three podcasts. Yeah, we, um, we've been talking about this. There's a theme. Continue. Yes. Um, I guess first up, I have a general anime and manga podcast called the Dumb Weebs Podcast. You can find that on Twitter at Dumb Weebs Pod. Um, and I am starting up a new podcast <clears throat> about shaman king um <laughs> called oversoul shaman king podcast we're going to be covering the uh, new release of shaman king from kodansha and eventually the new anime when that comes out next year um you can find that on twitter at shaman king pod so uh check that out as well but my main baby is the demon slayer podcast uh, that is about everything Demon Slayer related, anime and manga, everything in between. And that's on Twitter at DSlayer Podcast. And all of those podcasts are on basically every podcast platform out there Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you name it, we're there. So just go check them out. Mm-hmm. And uh, Sketch, where can they find you, sir? You can find me on Twitter at Sketch1984, and you can find me being sus on Games of Among Us. And you can watch the Toonami Faithful crew playing Among Us on, uh, what was what was your Twitch, V-Lord, where oh, you recorded a game of it? Uh, Twitch.tv slash VLGTZ. And uh, also Colt recorded some of it. Yeah, and I don't I'm, think I'm my hoping... video uploaded, though. So oh, I might have to dump that on YouTube or something. I did make a recording of it, so I have it. Oh, we're okay. going to have to put V-Lord in the corner again. I mean, hey, I have the video. It's not on the Twitch. No, no, you should have the you should have the video up already. It's it's time to put you in the corner. It's definitely um, a game that's a whole lot of fun to play, and I like to play it with my podcast buddies. Because what other way can I kill Paul with no repercussions? <laughs> oh yeah, Paul wasn't in the voice chat uh, when we were playing, but we all decided initially to just like kill him off or like boot him out of the game. <laughs> that isn't exactly what happened, but I think one time we killed him first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, come on, guys, we're giving him a bad impression of the game. I don't like the I way that you play this game. Aww. It's pretty sus. <laughs> <sighs> And that's okay. why Paul never played again. Um, oh, come on. 
I mean, Darrell was also very sus. He always is. Well, I always voted. Are you voted, trying I, to get me to play this game? I thought because now I'm afraid. <laughs> you should totally play this game with us. Yeah, it's really fun. It's also Help free it on not phones. be a sausage fest. <laughs> it is yeah. free on phones, and I am. We had ten people playing, and we were all dudes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, now I have to come break that up. We, we need some gender yeah. diversity. We do. Yeah. At least we have some racial diversity, albeit not very much. I mean, we had a <laughs> whole lot of white guys. A lot of white guys, one Indian, and one black person. <laughs> you know, I misspoke. We did have my girl Terry playing with uh, Frank for a little while. Oh yeah, so. we did. Yeah. So they were they played a few rounds with us. Okay, Paul, where can they find you? <sighs> Well, apparently not playing that game. Um, <laughs> so you can find me on Twitter at Paul Biscrillo. Uh You can find me on Discord if you at Paul Biscrillo, You can find me there. You can uh, email me, uh, paulbiscrillo at tunamifaithful.com. And uh, I'll probably be more active because I'm, unfortunately, to make this on a somber note, I'm going to be furloughed. So I'll be around a lot more. So... A very relatable condition right now, folks. Yeah, I feel like a lot more people are going to be going on furlough here very soon in the next month because, you know, people are idiots and don't wear a mask. <laughs> Anyways, I'm not going to be preachy. So, um, but yeah, that's that's about it. So, um, thank you guys for listening to our podcast, and uh, hopefully, we won't have any more pauses because we'll actually have time to do them. So. Thank you, as always, for listening to us. But that's it for this episode of the Janami Faithful Podcast. Peace. We're out.